Good morning, church. Thank you for joining us this morning. We've got a little bit to talk about, and then we're getting into our series, Forward Thinking. Uh, I do want to say that life is better in groups, and if you're not in a small group already, we do encourage you to get into one. A new one just kicked off this past week with Connie's women's group. Uh, They're meeting every Tuesday at 6.30, and uh, if you didn't get to sign up or if you maybe forgot to on your way out last week, uh, be sure to catch Connie today before you leave uh, so you can get a book. Uh, she's got plenty, I believe. And Journey students, we're relaunching tonight, uh, 6 to 8 p.m. So if you've got a 6th to 12th grader, we're going to be talking about everything that we're doing this year, uh, trips, events, other things that we're doing in-house uh, here at the church. I do want to bring up, though, September 28th, uh, we are starting a new thing called Level Up. And it is going to be all of the fun side of youth ministry with games and food and uh, just being together, uh, and it's going to be every other Thursday starting September 28th. So if you have any kids 6th or 12th grade and they are interested in something like this, uh, please find me. And want to bring this up as well. Uh, TCTC, again, we're going to Gatlinburg January 5th through the 7th, 2024. Registration cost is 70 bucks, but I've got quite a bit of funds uh, set aside, and that comes from you all. Uh, over the past three weeks, I have been given donations over $500 uh, to provide for kids who can't afford to go on this trip. And last night during our Saturday service, I had a guardian who brings her grandchildren say, hey, my seventh grader would like to go, uh, but I can't afford it. And I was more than happy to say it's paid for. So she is going in January, and if you would like to go, uh, I encourage you to find me afterwards, and uh, we can talk about that. And if for some reason your financial situation, you can't afford the $70, don't worry about it. Uh, come to me, and uh, we will get uh, you on track to go with us in January. So we're in a series called Forward Thinking, and uh, today we're talking about uh, learning. We're learning the truth last week, but today we're talking about making things right. And I don't know if anyone watched the countdown. Um, it really is true. Uh, we're all broken people. Amen. And we desperately need Jesus. Let's go ahead and get started. Guys, let's grab a Bible. Ephesians chapter 2 is the text that we're in, verse 11 through verse 22. Go God. God really does uh, help us make things right. And we sometimes need a little help in making things right. So, amen? So, he's working on it. He's working on us. He's working on you. He's working on our world. And so whether it, whether it is uh, parents who are trying to make things right or make things better or it's people or it's your pet, uh, you've got to get along with your dog and cat as well. We're all trying to find a way to get along better. Say amen? amen. So how do you do that? That's what we're talking about today. How do we do that? Jesus really does change everything. God gets us, guys. God, God really does get us. I have talked to so many of you already out front on the par in the parking lot, on the sidewalk, coming in the building, 
And there are stories in the room today, and those of you who are online with us today, there are stories that are tragic, and some of you have lost loved ones and you're struggling with grief and not really knowing what to say or what to think, and it is tough. And others others of you are celebrating great joy in that you're in recovery from some kind of life situation some kind of addictive behavior or so, some sort of relationship that has just not been healthy. And you're rejoicing that Jesus changes even that. And so God gets us. God is with us. And he understands this circumstance that we find ourselves in called life. And uh, that's kind of where we're going today with the story and trying to find out what it might look like for all of us uh, with God, as Jesus uh, is with everybody. Everybody needs Jesus. So you might want to write this down. Are you what someone would call normal? Write that down. Are you someone who others would call normal? And if so or if not, who gets to decide that anyway? Who gets to decide whether or not someone might call us or recognize us as a normal person? The truth is, we are, all, we are people and we all are all alike in many ways, but we're also quite different. We all have, we all have differences, and sometimes those differences make, make other people uncomfortable sometimes, and they look at us and they just say, hey, dude, you're a weirdo. Say, weirdo? Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Some of you guys get up early. You like to see the sunrise. You're like hopping out of bed. You're ready to go. And others of you are like, are you kidding me? Can you pull the blinds down? Can you shut the door? Like you like to stay up late. You like to see the sunset, but you don't care much about the sunrise. We're different in many ways. And if you're married to one or the other, if you have this kind of, you know, morning and night kind of relationship, like you're just passing in the hallway sometimes and you're like, you're a weirdo. Go to bed or get up or do something. Or maybe it's the car that you drive. Maybe you're a Chevy guy, you're a Ford guy, maybe you're a truck guy. I don't know, but we're all just a bit different in some ways. And sometimes other people look at us and make judgments, and they think maybe, you know, you're not normal. Let me tell you a secret. You're probably just about as normal as everybody else. You really are. Everybody's got something. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got struggles. We're not Jesus. Nobody gets it right all the time. We're just people. And sometimes we pick each other apart. Sometimes because we're a little different from someone else, we, we pick someone else apart trying to make ourselves feel better, and that's not a wise thing. That's not helpful. Sometimes it's because of an older person. Maybe you just don't get it with old people. Like, dude, what's wrong with you? You need to change a little bit. You need to change some things up. Well, I don't like change. You know, everything in the world changing around. It's okay. It's okay to just say I don't like change and I'm an older person. Or maybe you're a younger person and an older person looks at you like, dude, would you pull your britches up like they're going to fall off? Come on now, what's wrong with you? I mean, there's all kinds of weird things and it seems like not normal things and, and we begin to pick on each other because we all live in a world of differences. We're not clones. We're just people. And Jesus gets us. He really does. Jesus understands 
Like, it's tough sometimes for people and parents and even for your pets. Have you seen a dog and a cat? You know, look at each other like eyeball to eyeball, like, buddy, you'd better not get my cat food or my dog food or I'm fixing to let you have it. Just waiting for an opportunity for somebody to kind of mess up some way, and here they come at each other. Very few dogs and cats like to exist together. Some do, but not very many. And people can be like that. We can be like dogs and cats just waiting on somebody to kind of dip into our dog food or cat food bowl or dish, and we're ready to give somebody a scratch or two. We've got to figure out how to get along better, guys. We've got to get along better. How do we do that? How do we get along better, parents and people and even our pets? We have all these differences. And sometimes we are really weird ducks. We are. And sometimes we just are different. It's okay. It's okay to, it's okay to not be okay. Just don't stay that way. God can help us make things right, even when things go wrong. So if you're grieving some loss in your life, don't give up. Don't give up. I've got a funeral on Tuesday this week. I saw him last Monday. He died on Tuesday. I mean, it, I said goodbye at the door, and I, I didn't know it would be my last time to say goodbye, but it was. And for some of you, it's that way that you've got difficulties right now in your life where it's tragic or sad or depressing and just don't give up, guys. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your situation. Don't give up on God. God is with us, and he gets us. He really does. He understands how this is hard. And if you're celebrating something that's really good in your life, rejoice. Make every day a gift, guys. If you've got a marble in your jar still, and you get your marble out today, and you enjoy today, make it count. Say, make it count. Every day is a gift. And so make it a good one. God gets us, and so who gets to decide who gets to decide whether or not we're normal? Truth is that we're all just about as normal as we can be. And I'm going to give you three things here to take home today to think about how our unique differences um, can drive us apart, but God can bring us together. And so if you're taking notes or just look on the screen, that's fine too. And I'm going to read this out of... I'm going to read this out of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11, in the New Living Translation. And I don't know what Bible version you're using, but find out what version you're using. I hope it's not the King James. Find some modern translation to read the Bible and read it for yourself. If you can read, read it for yourself. And if you can't read, you can get a Bible app and it'll read to you. So even if you struggle reading uh, other people can get, help you get an app on your phone, and you can have someone read the Bible to you. But read more Bible, listen to more Bible. God really gets us, knowing when it's sometimes difficult for us to make things right. He's trying to make things right right now for all of us. Write this down. All these kind of weird, weirdo kind of differences about I get up early or you get up late in the day. They kind of keep us torn up. Torn up. Write the word torn up. Torn apart. You got an old rag in the drawer probably. It's all raggedy, torn in corners, holes in it. It's been used a lot. You hate to throw it away, but it's all torn to pieces. 
our babies, when Connie and I had babies, our three adult children who have babies themselves, um, our babies all use the same receiving blanket. started with our oldest, and they passed it down to all three of them. And by the time it got to our last child, this receiving blanket that they all wrapped up in and like swaddled them and wrapped them up like a little bundle, it's about this size square. That's all it's left. We saved it. We still have it. Connie's got it somewhere. But man, you just rip things up and tear it apart because of life. And so things get kind of torn up, guys. And it, it really is sometimes because of our differences that uh, we have a hard time. We struggle helping each other. So let's look at verse 11. Let's put that on the screen. Let me start there. How sometimes you might feel like a ragged piece of cloth that got torn to pieces by your circumstances. Therefore, Paul says, the Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Ephesus, a church like us today, um, trying to give some advice for forward thinking. Look forward to the future, not the past. How do I get past the past? Don't get stuck in the past. If you're stuck, talk to somebody so that you can get unstuck and have forward thinking and thoughts that God is with us and God gets us and he's going to help us. So forward thinking, let's start there. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles or people that don't regularly go to church, people who are outside the church, if you're not Jewish in the Bible, you were a Gentile. You were, you were a religious outsider. So Paul starts saying to the people who now have met Jesus, and I hope you've met Jesus, and I don't care what church you went to last week or I don't care what, what Christmas service you went to, I just hope you've met Jesus because Jesus really does change everything. And so these people who were spiritual outsiders were introduced to Jesus who is for everybody, and they didn't know that. And so the early church started sharing good news what is good news that jesus died he was buried and he raised again and that there is a hope of heaven and forever life and we have forgiveness and mercy and grace it's good news to find out that we're not left out of the jesus party if you're an outsider say amen, amen. that's what was the good news in the early church and i hope it's good news for you guys who are here today Maybe you brought in stuff here and sat down and you're like, you know, all conflicted. Like, I want to believe, I want to have faith, but it doesn't seem to be working. I pray all the time and nothing seems to change. Don't give up. Don't quit on God. God is working on it. God is with us. And Paul says sometimes when we're all torn apart because we're insiders and outsiders, we sometimes get discouraged. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are the Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves a the circumcision, that done in the body by the hands of man, remember that at that time you really were an outsider. Without Jesus, you were an outsider. Separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, foreigners to the covenants of the promise, the promise of God, without hope, and without God in the world. And so our past, uh, as we said last weekend, 
if you take a look at her past, it looked like we got passed over. Some of you feel like I got passed over. I, I didn't get an education. I, I didn't get married. I didn't have kids. Or I got married and had the wrong kids. I don't know what happened. But it might feel like you got passed over. And we said in the first ten verses of chapter 2, the, the Apostle Paul tells us that, that sometimes things turn out better and even though you didn't get the job and even though you didn't get picked for the team, you get called up. So God calls us up. God invites us in. And we talked about in chapter 1 how it is that we are actually blended into God's family. You're not a cashmere sweater, but you're blended synthetic wool. And so we're all sheep in God's sheep pen, and he's the good shepherd and so he's watching after all of us, whether you're an insider, a religious person all your life, or you're an outsider, and this church thing is brand new for you. Whichever one it is, you really can be a sheep in God's sheep pen because Jesus really is the good shepherd. And so you may not say, you know, don't look at me too close because my, my sweater's got a few holes in it. That's okay. Say, okay? It's all right. You may not be cashmere, but you're still a sweater. You're still a sheep, and because of Jesus, you're in his sheepfold, and that's good news. But sometimes it gets discouraging, verse 11, verse 12, as we look back, and some of you have a hard time looking back because it hurts. I wasn't a very good parent, you might be thinking. I wasn't very good in our relationship and communication, and part of the problems that we had was my problem, and I worked too much. I worked all the time. You might be looking back, and it might be that the past, there were some pretty dramatic distinctions between people who were happy and people like you, and people who actually were called insiders, religious insiders, and the people who were not invited to anybody's church. And so that's what the Apostle Paul tells us in the Bible, in the book of beginnings, in the book of Genesis, chapter 12. It became this uh, hinge point for history where God said, I'm going to make a family. And maybe you weren't in the God family. In the beginning, if you weren't Jewish, you weren't included. And that's what the Bible begins with. So let's read that. Genesis chapter 12, put it on the screen. The Lord had said to Abram, who later became known as Abraham and Sarah, it could have been Jim or Bob or Joe or Sue or whatever, but, they, but God decided he was going to choose this guy named Abram and, and, and this guy Abram who later became Abraham and his wife Sarah would become the, really the, the family that he had really planned for all of history, the, the Israelite nation and the Jewish people. Leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. I will make you, Abraham and Sarah, into a great nation. You don't have any kids yet, but you're going to have some. And, and Isaac became the son that became this great nation to follow. I will bless you. If God says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. Don't get impatient. Don't give up on God. God's working on it. God gets us. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. I'm going to defend you. I'm going to be in your corner. 
I'm going to surround you with my protection. So God gave this promise to a man and a woman and said, out of your seed and out of the birth of your children, I'm going to make a great nation that's going to be my family forever. That's the book of beginnings. That's where all the religious insiders started out as Jewish faith. And that's where the rest of the Moses and the Ten Commandments and the Israelites and the divided kingdom, the northern and southern kingdoms of Israel, that's where all that part of the Bible, the first 39 books of the Bible, that's where all that came from, the book of beginnings, Genesis, the first book in the Bible. And if you weren't Jewish, you really did get passed over and left out until you get to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and the New Testaments. And the new covenant and partnership that God has with everybody. Not just Jewish people and the nation of Israel, but even Gentiles like us who were not included. Not in the original promise and covenant of God with his people through Abraham. Got it? Say, got it? That's the backstory, And that's why some of you grew up and you didn't go to church. Because your family didn't go to church and your grandma and grandpa didn't go to church and nobody that you knew went to church and you were in a group of people like Gentiles who really were just looked at as outsiders. Spiritually speaking, you were just outsiders. And that's where Paul starts with this story because there's insiders and outsiders. Sometimes it tears us apart and we don't get along very good. And we got to find a way to get along better. Everybody who's inside and outside religiously can come together in the name of Jesus because Jesus changes everything and become one family. Say, one family? Yeah, that's where I'm headed. So verse 11, verse 12, the Apostle Paul kind of gives us the backstory, And it's not very pretty, but it really is in the Bible. Before Jesus, without Jesus, there's no promise of heaven. There's no Messiah. There's no future. We're Christless. We don't have a nation to belong to. If you're a citizen of America, God bless you. And when the American flag unfurls, you, you ought to say the Pledge of Allegiance because you have a nation that you belong to as a citizen. You should be proud if you have a citizen. There are a lot of people in the world that don't have a nation to say any pledge to. They're not citizens of any nation or any country. And so in the beginning, without God and without Jesus, spiritually speaking, we didn't have a nation. We were not in the nation of Israel. We were excluded from citizenship with God, and so we were stateless. We were like homeless people drifting around. Christless, stateless. We didn't have any promises of God to be with us in life. We were foreigners. We were friendless. We were hopeless. We were godless. That, that, that was what we were like without Jesus. And so it was insiders and outsiders and we were excluded and we were not invited to the Jesus party until Jesus and the cross and Easter and what that's all about really is an amazing story. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Say amen. amen. We're all wretch. We were wretched without Jesus. All of us. Because we were on the outside looking in. And we were hopeless and godless and friendless and stateless without a family. We didn't have a connection. Man, what a terrible thing that you don't know who you are. You don't have an identity. What a terrible thing. You done burned all the bridges. You can't go to the family reunion. You're just not invited to anybody's church party or barbecue. You're just not in. 
You're out. That's what it was like without Jesus. And so Paul reviews that with the people who are now in church in Jesus' name, with people who are already there and they're not so happy. Look at me for a second. We're kind of a diverse-looking crowd in here today. Some of you are dressed up and some of you are dressed down. Some of you are casual and some of you are more preppy. Some of you are younger, some of you are older, some of you are single, some of you are married, some of you are in recovery, some of you wish you could recover. i tell you what happened in the first church in, in Ephesus in the Bible that happens in the church today. The people who are already there established in the church as insiders and you start bringing the other people who are outsiders and tell them that Jesus is for them too, the people who are already there kind of eyeball you like, buddy, you look like a weirdo. Say, weirdo? That's where that got started. It's not just in the church today. It was in the early church because the Jewish people were looking down their noses at the Gentile outsiders and they had met Jesus and invited to the Jesus party and the people in the church weren't all excited about that. They were like kind of sticking their nose up at these guys. And so how do we come together when we've been torn apart? That's the question that I'm trying to answer with you today. And the Apostle Paul says, before we get to your future, i got to talk to you about the past. Because it really is a good question. What, what's so cool about the church and, and Christ and Christianity? What's so cool about that? Well... If everybody in the world's told you that you're not normal, it's pretty good that God can tell you you're okay. <laughs> if everybody else is saying you're not a normal person and that's all you've heard all your life, now you're not normal, fella or, or lady. It is pretty exciting to know that you're not hopeless or friendless. You have a future because of Jesus. It is true. Before Jesus, we were headed nowhere, spiritually speaking, like homeless people, no-name people, nobody kind of people. But Jesus, he's the equalizer. He loves everybody. John 3.16, amen? amen? Billy Graham picked the right verse. If you're only going to have one verse, just pick that one. For God so loves everybody. That's the truth. But we try to make distinctions that God didn't make. You are a little different. You're not normal. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said you're invited. Come on in. And that really is good news. Some people who have wealth and, and other people don't even have a job. Some of you sitting here right now can buy anything you want. Some of you sitting in this room right now can go buy anything you want. You have the money. You could do it. And some of you online as well. And there are others of you that are not sure how you're going to pay your water bill and electric bill this month. Sitting in here right now. And you start to view each other in a certain way like they did in the early church. Like, I'm buttered popcorn and you're just old plain popcorn. You're not quite as good. And we start to view people that way. Some of us like our steak well done. While others of us like it to move when you put it on the plate a little bit. We are unique. 
And, and we're not clones. But we are all invited. And that's what's pretty cool. That even though we have these differences that in many ways can separate us. Knowing God can make up for all the differences in the world. Knowing God. The real God. The God of the Bible. And so I, I hope that whoever's told you that you're not normal. You just tell them that's okay because Jesus says, I really am. I really am as normal as probably most other people. I'm just a person. And God is working on me too. So here's number two. Jot this down. We're all kind of torn apart because we're like cats and dogs trying to get in each other's food dish. Somebody's got money and somebody doesn't. We want their money. We want what they've got. Most of these loose ends that I'm talking about are differences get stitched together because of Jesus. Let's read some more here. Verse 13. But now in Jesus, now in Christ Jesus, you guys who were the outsiders, who were far away and not invited to the Jesus party, non-Jewish people, have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Sure am glad all you guys are here today, and I hope you'll bring some more. Are, are you going to detox? Are you in a clinic? Bring some more guys because they need Jesus too. Are you going through a divorce, a separation? Bring somebody else. That's happened to them too. Bring somebody. Right, do you have cancer? Are you taking treatments? Well, bring other people who have cancer and they're trying to, they're trying to get treatment and get well. Bring other people because God really is for everybody. And so God wants to stitch us together into this family, all, all of us, everybody. For he himself is our peace. You're looking for a little peace. Everybody needs a little peace. And once you find your God peace, that God loves you and God accepts you and that God is for you, then it really does make a difference. So once you can do that, once you can find your peace with God, then you can make peace with other people. Look up here just a second. Once you find your peace with God, you can make peace with other people. So guess what? I'm a Republican, you're a Democrat, I'm going to vote for this guy, you're going to vote for that guy, I root for the Wildcats, you, you, vote, you, you root for North Carolina, where's he at, he's in here somewhere. I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you, we pick sides, we choose labels, we buy a car or a truck, we make decisions, we all do this, and until we make peace with God, we're never going to make peace with our neighbor. Never. Not going to happen. You're not going to have peace in your family. You're not going to have peace in your home. You're not going to have peace in your marriage. You're not going to have peace with your children. You're not going to have peace with others until you make peace with God. Say amen? amen. There you go. That's what's missing. That's how you get stitched together. We're torn apart because we're so different. I came from Mexico. I came from Canada. I came from another country. I don't know how I got here. My parents, I never knew them. I don't know what your story is, and everybody's got a story. And we are different, but we're torn apart, and God wants to stitch us back together. And that's what Paul says, that it is possible. Jesus is our peace who has made the two one and destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commands, commandments, and regulations. Ten commandments weren't enough, so the Jewish people came up, came up with 613 rules to follow Sabbath laws. 
Nobody could keep Ten Commandments, much less 613 rules to live by. Jesus said, wait a minute. You're making it harder than it has to be. His purpose was to create in himself, in Jesus, one new man, one nation, one family, one church, one body, out of the two. Not insiders and outsiders, but one family called Christian who follow Jesus and are disciples. Quit calling yourself a Baptist. I don't want to make any of my Baptist friends mad. Quit calling yourself a Catholic. I don't want to make any of my Catholic friends mad. Call yourself a Christian. Call yourself a Jesus follower. We're all in the same family. You don't need to make a distinction about your faith in God. I'm just telling you. I'm just saying. He stitches us together. Don't be too Baptist. Don't be too Lutheran. Don't be too Methodist. Don't be too anything. Just be Jesus. Be the best you can. Be a Jesus person trying to follow Jesus the best that you can. Get as close to his sandals and get the dirt of his sandals in your face every day. Do what he did. Say what he said. Be a lot better. Paul says he brought us together, pieced us together, stitched us together. His purpose was to create an creating himself this one new man, one new family, the two making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. Quit fighting with each other, guys. I'm mad at you. I'm not going to talk to you. Man, how many times have we said that at home with our marriage mate or children? I'm, not going to, I'm just mad I'm not going to talk to you. Get over it. We've we got to get over it because there, there, we can have peace with God. And when we have peace with God, we can have peace with each other. And he wants us to reconcile our differences that separate us and find that God is really for everybody. Say, everybody? Man, that is a mouthful. You guys are looking at me like, no way. Ain't no way. I ain't doing that. I'm mad at this guy or that girl. And I'm not going to get over it. I'm still mad. I'm putting my foot down. I'm still mad. Okay. Just don't hang on too long. Just don't get stubborn and get stuck. Pray to God that God will give you peace about this because his purpose is to create in Jesus this one family together. Insiders and outsiders all in Jesus' name. Reconciling both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. Got it? Say, got it? Quit hating people. Quit saying you hate someone. Quit acting like you hate someone who's different from you. They're a lost soul too. We're all sinners. Everybody is. Stop hating. Love more. Love like God loves people. I don't mean you love their actions and their behavior and you know their bad decisions, but you love the person because God does. Somehow God will stitch us together so stop choosing sides. We've been doing it for a long time, making distinctions between a good guy and a bad guy in almost every kind of imaginable way. And you can trace all this back to the Bible. It started in the Bible. It didn't just start since Biden went into office. It didn't just start since we started having politics in school. This started a long time ago in the Garden of Eden with two people who chose from the wrong tree and from there on, it became really divisive. People 
one brother killed the other brother, and look out. It all got started in a hurry. Governments and party, political parties divided. We still are. Families divorcing each other at record rates. We still are doing that. All kinds of fractures in the church, in the home. It's always been that way, guys. It's always been that way. Jesus changes everything. Everybody needs Jesus. Say amen again. Amen. We're not going to get better till we listen. The world's not going to get better until everybody listens and knows that God wants us to merge together as one big family in the world. And so I don't know. I hope that helps. I hope that you get it, and I hope that makes sense to you. And I hope I'm saying some things that, you know, maybe you can rethink. Quit talking about my team, my, my church, my company, my car, my money, my family, my country, my way. Stop using the word my. Say our, if you can. Just, just include others wherever you can instead of trying to be so exclusive. And uh, I don't know. Maybe that helps. Write this down maybe. Here's a, here's a good thing for us maybe. I don't know. It wasn't until I became a Jesus follower when I was 20 years old and got baptized that I began to understand that being different and having diversity is okay. That you didn't have to all be the same. You didn't all have to be country people or city people or rich people or poor people. You just were people. And I didn't get that. I really didn't for the longest time. I wasn't sure about who was in and who was out. But when I met Jesus, everything began to change. And I found that the purpose of God was not to make us all just alike. Here's the sermon, and now you can just wrap it up. This is, this is probably the best sentence in the whole message. It took me a while to figure it out. I'm telling you, because I grew up, and I was the only, I didn't know any black people. I grew up in Scott County, in Harrison County, and I, and I don't think that I knew but about one black family, one African-American. I didn't know any Hispanic families. I'd never been more than 100 miles out of Harrison County or Scott County. Everybody looked pretty much like me. Sorry to say, but that's the way it was. And I just had this, I mean, there's ten generations of Duncans that are in Scott County. Ten generations. There's a whole bunch of Duncan people in Scott County. They all lived there, died there, and buried there. and That's all I knew. But I met Jesus and Uncle Sam and got married in about six months, and I started to discover that the purpose of God was not to make us all just alike, but instead to make us all like Jesus. And that's a big turnaround. Stop trying to make your spouse be you, or your daughter or your son be you. Help them be like Jesus. Be a lot better. Amen? Yeah, we'd all get along a lot better. God would stitch us back together a lot quicker. It would look a lot better if we just realized that the real purpose of God is not to make us all just alike. Verse 16, verse 17, verse 18 in the message paraphrase. Let me read it. Christ brought us together through the death of the cross, and the cross got us to embrace 
Well, that would be a miracle. And that was the end of the hostility. Should have been. Christ came and preached peace to you outsiders who didn't go to church and peace to us insiders who did go to church. And he treated us as equals. And so he made us equals. Through him we both share the same spirit and have equal access to the same father, the same daddy. Abba Father is for everybody. He stitched us together and only God has the right to decide what's normal and you need to get over it. You need to get over it that God forgave people who have a criminal past. You need to get over it for people who lied to you and deceived you but they've now been forgiven because they confessed their sins and repented of their sins. You need to get over it. You need to get over whatever grudge that you're keeping and holding over someone saying, I don't like you. You need to get over it. You need to let it go and give it to God. He stitches us together even when we've been pulled apart because of differences. And he is the best tailor I know. He can sew us he can sew us up and look, make us look better than we could have ever been. So go God. Say go God. Yeah. We're torn apart, but he, he sews us together and stitches us together. And that's my last point. Our lives find this kind of completion when we let him take over and let him start sewing it up, sewing us up, making it all a whole lot better. Cut, cut from different parts of the cloth, but we're all the human race. Different patterns, different ideas. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus, Venusians, Martians. Everybody's got a different thermostat. Some of you are freezing to death right now because I turned it down. And the rest of you are happy, like, can you turn it down a little more? You know, we all have different thermostats. We're all just people. But God will sew and stitch us together, the whole world. Verse 18, for through Jesus, through him, we both, insiders and outsiders, have access to the Father by one Spirit. Look at verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer on the outside. Foreigners, aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets and the Bible with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In Jesus, in him, the whole building, body of Christ is joined together, sewn together, stitched together, and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you two are being built together. We really are better together. To become a dwelling. A gathering. Place of worship where God shows up. In which God lives by his spirit. So that's God's plan. It is to really. Even though we're torn apart. He can. He can stitch us together and sew us together, and it turns out it looks pretty good. It looks much better than if we did it our own way. So jot this down about what are the results, if you're still taking notes. We have membership in a new city. It's called heaven. It's called New Jerusalem. It's called you're going to live forever and never die again. And so you're not any longer without a family or a home or a nation. We're part of a new family. Put that in there. We get to be close to God. Maybe you had to eat on the porch, and you didn't get to eat with everybody else in the house. Well, you're going to get to eat with God in heaven. And finally, we have this partnership that's in a new kind of building. It's not a church building made out of bricks and mortar and a 
church bell and a church steeple and a cathedral. It really is people who learn to cooperate, work together for the good of everybody. And that's the church, that's the family of God, the, the church that Jesus has got in mind. When we partner together, find energy and synergy together, we really are better together. He's straightening things out, making things right. Jesus changes everything, and everybody needs Jesus. So bottom line, write this down, life works better together. Say together. together. Bring somebody with you next time, guys. They don't believe it. They believe the church is, you know, not for me, and like everybody's just got a bunch of rules to keep, and they just want to take your money, and, you know, just bring somebody with you. I'm telling you, just bring somebody with you that you can help them understand that we really are better together and God's going to, even though we've been torn apart, maybe you hadn't seen some friend for years that you went to high school with and, and you gave up on them. Well, don't give up on them. Maybe you need to find them again and, and let them know what you've discovered. And God really is for everybody. Maybe it is somebody that you can rediscover and help them discover God really changes everything through Jesus. We're going to take communion, and these guys are going to pass this cup to you. And if you already follow Jesus, that's great. And I hope that this has helped you uh, really get past some of your past by forward thinking and realize that it's okay to just be you. You know, whoever told you that you're not normal, forget it, forget it. God says you're normal if you follow Jesus and you're a child of his. And that's what really does matter. And I hope that helps. Go ahead and pass those to everyone. And at Journey Church, if you have been baptized and you follow Jesus, we take communion every time we gather in Jesus' name. Because Jesus really does change everything. Let me read this. Philippians chapter 2. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love... If any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete. How in the world are we going to make somebody's joy complete? Well, the Apostle Paul also wrote Philippians. He's the author of this book, Philippians. And he is saying, if you love God and you love people, and you let things go, grudges or arguments or anger or deception or deceit, any kind of sin, turn it loose, let it go. If any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and person, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself. And became obedient to death. Even death on a cross. Let it go. Whatever it is that you're saying. I can't do. It's too big of a thing. Be more like Jesus. 
Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Take the bread. And the cup. Let me say a prayer. God, forgive us of all the intangible things that we've clung to and held on to for too long. And I pray, God, that we just dropped them on the floor. Our own ideas, our own thoughts and beliefs. May you rescue us. In Jesus' name, amen. to sing another song, but I'm not singing. <laughs> Let's grab that. Give you my